Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Herspiration Happy Hour, and it is all the way live from Israel today. And I have to tell you all, I am a little tired, but it's okay. We're still going to make this show happen and, you know, move forward. Um, it's about 1 o'clock in the morning for me here, and so that's why part of the good thing about this this podcast was talking about travel and therapy, and we'll have um, the millennial therapist, Ashley McGirt, come on soon. But in the interim, I'm going to introduce you to my guest co-host, or one of my guest co-hosts that will be a co-host today, Miss Ebony Graham. How are you? Good afternoon. It is 6.03. It's the standard time here. It is dark and chilly. <laughs> You said it's dark and chilly. Oh well, you know, I I was hanging out at the beach today, so I, I really, I, I you can keep your little your cool and chilly air. Although it does get here, it here it gets cool at night, but it's not as bad. Um, and so for me tonight, I'm telling you, I have been up and I've been waiting to do this podcast. So I am now just sipping on a nice glass of Malbec. Uh, that's actually really good, and I'm not even sure. It's so weird because can you believe Don Julio has a wine? Wow, I haven't tried that. I'm over here well, drinking you... some cupcake moscato. <laughs> cupcake <laughs> moscato. That sounds yeah, like cupcake sweet. is the brand. Oh. It flavors out. It flavors out. It's not overpowering. Oh, okay, because, I mean, I always think that everything cupcakes has some sweetness to it. So I'm just going to ease myself into tonight and just continue to drink on my wine. It's been kind of a a busy, busy week. It's been a busy few weeks. Um, So, you know, part of it, um, of our intro, so first of all, welcome everybody. Um, And so what, what seems to be trending right now, you know, for you? What's going on in your world, Ebony? Oh, right now we're dealing with uh, a whole lot of uh, children being kidnapped, uh, majority are minorities, um, fighting in public schools. Um, it's a whole lot of violence right now, which is strange around this time of the year. Is it? I mean, I'm just saying, is there all that that's going on? I'm telling you, I must be far removed right because I don't really – see any of that on my news feed. Yeah, one of my alma mater schools of 20 years up to some of my age, teacher was fighting <laughs> the students, but both of them got charged, so, and there was a live video, and every day I see saying on social media um, about people that um, are close to near kids being kidnapped, so everyone's just on a deep lookout, especially for females, um, being more safety-wise when driving. Oh my gosh, that's that's really crazy. That's kind of unfortunate. I mean, and you know, I mean, for me, I don't really know what's going on here, other than you know, most people are were kind of concerned because you know, even before I got here, there was that missile launch and stuff that was going on at, you know, in Gaza, which is not that far from here because it's you know, it's just right off the right away from it's just right around the corner from Israel, so to speak. 
Um, but everything has been really good here. It's been really quiet. I think it's been really nice to take the spiritual journey and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, How was it in the Dead You know what? My skin still feels really good. I can't even lie. <laughs> my, skin feels, my skin feels excellent. Um, for a little bit, you know, the weird thing is it does burn a little bit. And, you know, it's not like a a burning, burning sensation, but at the same time, it still does kind of burn quite a bit. It's hard to explain. It's not a terrible burn, but it's, as a matter of fact, if anybody has ever shaved their legs and then went into the ocean, it's it's like that intensity, but maybe knock it up about 10 notches. Oh, wow. But it's bearable, you know what I'm saying? Because it's a real detox. Oh, wow. What is your journey yeah. for tomorrow? I'm not doing anything. I'm going to sleep. I've been nonstop for the last three days, and right now the only thing I need to do is get some rest. Um, other than that, don't really have much going on. And that's it for me. And so speaking of that, let's let's talk about, you know, some perspiration WCWs, you know. So who would you, who do you feel like is your WCW for this week? Do you have one? Not- uh, yeah, I have one, and my one of my WCWs is a good girlfriend of mine. You know, exciting. Just not just you, but I have another one. Um, Jadeka Haynes Monday. Uh, you know, uh, young entrepreneur. Um, Harder husband, both own a business. Um, striving real hard to uh, keep giving out to the community and doing uh, a lot for people that have a hard time finding jobs. They they really look out. They really try to do their best that they can and give out. In any means possible. So, oh I wow! Today, yeah, I, I give today because she gives my two thumbs up for WCW. For sure. Ah, you know, I'm. I don't really and do I have one this week? I've been so extremely busy. I've not really kept up, you know, caught up with anything. I've definitely not really been in front of the television. So, I mean, I'm I'm just going to nominate myself right now because I've really got it going on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for one, like, I, I think I think it's because for one, I made the cover and cover story in you know, Courageous Women magazine, so that was a big thing. I published my book. I have my book signing coming up on November 30th. So yeah, I'm kind of feeling a, you know feeling good about things. I mean, and then that's not the only thing that I have going on, and the fact that I have another uh, feature in another magazine that'll be coming out as well. Well, so there's awesome. a whole, yeah, there's a whole lot of things that's going on for me right now that I'm extremely happy about. Um, so it is what it is, you know. That's that's an amazing thing to to just so, have a bucket list of things that you actually complete, and then you just uh, soar in them when you do them. Yeah, definitely that, definitely that. And so, you know, what's your plans for the rest of the week? Well, let's see here. Besides work, um, football games, current people conference, and trying to have a bit of a social life, yeah, maybe a little nap in between. Outside of that, just getting ready for the holidays. The holidays are coming faster than what I expected. It really is. So, then, you know, do you travel at all? Uh, I would love to. I would really love to, but um, around this time, my job is no, my job says no. Every blackout, blackout is officially started after October thirtieth. You got any other uh, trip plans? 
No, I really don't. I don't really have many trips planned after this. It's mostly just business. Um, if I do do anything, it's just business. But the reason why I was talking about traveling is because I have one of the best people here that, you know, have, you know, author and millennial uh, therapist or what is the millennial therapist is what you're called, right? Yes, millennial therapist and and TEDx speaker, recent TEDx speaker, um, Ms. Ashley McGirt, who's a therapist, who actually have her book, um, I Tried to Travel Away. And that was one of the things about, you know, no one ever really connects the correlation between traveling and therapy and the reasons why we feel the need to get away. So, I mean, I think this is a great show, being that she and I both in, are here in Israel and she's been dragging me all around to the point that we're both exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, so I want to ask you a few questions, Ashley. Um, I think first and foremost, you know, when you when you created your book, why did you feel it was necessary to actually write it? Was it your own experience or, or through therapy for other people? Um, it was a combination of both. And first, let me just say, I'm extremely tired, y'all, so you got to forgive me. I was just woken up. <laughs> she was. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Um, in terms of mental health, I just want to um, definitely make sure the listeners are being mindful. Of, you know, I always advocate for putting mental health first, but also, you know, holding true to your commitment. I wasn't aware that this was at 1 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but I definitely got to come through. And so the reason I wrote the book was um, part of it, so what I'm doing here, I feel like oftentimes people say, oh, I need a vacation, I need a vacation, and it's because they really want a vacation from their life. And I've been in that situation, and I know what it's like, and I know that vacations are not the end-all, be-all that you actually need to put in the work, uh, especially being a mental health therapist. Most of my clients will come to me stressed, and it was a consistent thing. I need a vacation, I need a vacation. It's like, no. You need to help them this. You need to do the work on this because you go on a vacation. It's just a temporary band-aid. So, you, so you're saying that their traveling was an escape? Pretty much. Um, not everybody. Um, I'm not going to put everybody in that box. There's different things that individuals are going through. And travel definitely can be healing. Um, I've had my own healing and spiritual moments on this particular trip as well as many other trips. So I don't deny that you can get healing from, from this. But if there's deep-seated childhood trauma um, or something that's going on at home and you come back at home and you're still in that situation, your travel is not going to make you feel better. You're basically just running away from whatever it is that's going on at home. So how do you identify with whether there's a, a real need to escape versus is there such a thing as a temporary escape then, you know, because you just need to get away? No, there's definitely temporary escapes, and those can be good and helpful. Um, I'm always looking at what is the reason you're leaving. Are you leaving because your kids are stressing, out, um, stressing you out? Um, are you leaving because you just had a, went through a divorce? Um, a family member just passed away? What is the reason? If it's something like your children and your young children, they're going to be in your home. So you have to adjust, you have to do things. You have to have conversations with your children if they're of the age, or you have to set boundaries, put boundaries in place, do things to actually care for yourself. 
because going on to that trip isn't going to change your household situation. You have to make a conscious effort to change your household situation. Uh, if a family member just died, there's, there's no way that we could change the loss of that life. So some people, they like to go on trips for healing purposes, to commemorate the person who lost. Maybe they had always dreamed of going to Greece. If you're going to go to Greece or you want to spread, spread their ashes if they were cremated. So there's different reasons, but really looking and assessing what is the root cause. And I'm a solution-focused therapist, so I'm always looking at what is the root of the problem and how can we get to it and address that, um, as opposed to just putting a Band-Aid over it. So you said talk to kids. At what age do you find that it's appropriate for them to comprehend the need to have some time for yourself? I believe uh, as early as they can speak. So as soon as children start to understand and can't actually articulate words, you can say, hey, mommy needs a break. Like it's important that we show our children these things because even toddlers need, need a break. They need time to sit down and rest and recharge. We charge our cell phones. We have to charge our brains. We have to charge our minds. So as early as a child can start to speak and understand, I think it's important and very critical as parents to instill that in your children um, and also have those practices so that you can get, get the recharge that you need and explain it to them in a loving and caring way and also reflect it back to them because I'm all about modeling behaviors. So if you say, hey, mommy needs this break, remember when you were crying earlier or you were tired and you needed a break, this is what mommy needs just like that. And daddy, too, because dads need breaks as well. So just putting it in a way that they can actually receive it. And sometimes that literally means, you know, getting down on their level, eye to eye, looking them in the face, showing them examples, reminding them of times in their short little lives because they've had breaks. So, you know what, now that you say that, um, I know a lot of, parents don't like to show their children their own emotions, like when they do hurt. Do you think that that's a part of the reason why they want to escape? And is it, you know, because I know some, some parents feel like I'm not going to cry in front of my kids. I'm not going to, you know, and so I'm assuming that that bottles up the emotion for the reason why people want to escape if they have families. Yeah, each person is different, so that's definitely some of the reasons that individuals choose to escape because they're feeling all these emotions and they can't process it. So they really just want to go somewhere and let it all out and release it, especially somewhere where their family's not around. Um, I'm a person who I need to cry in peace. Like, but if I'm going to cry, I'm going to cry, but I definitely do like my own private time so I can actually relate to those situations. I agree. Um, and, but I do believe in communication and facilitating that with your children. As a therapist, one of the first questions that I ask my clients is, how did they learn to process their emotions? What were they taught as children about feelings? And sometimes parents don't actually say, okay, this is what feelings mean. This is how we cry. But we learn through observation. So what did your parents teach you? How did you see your mom or your dad or your caretaker, whoever was that person in your life? their emotions, and we have conversations around that, and the majority of my clients who have a lot of childhood toxic stress 
never seen their caregivers show emotion. They were never, oh, wow. never taught about it. Um, their parents never cried. It was, you know, we don't cry. We just get through or we pray. Um, you know, we don't, we don't have time to be sad. Okay. Um, so really the last question for, that I have for you is you've gone on several trips. You've been all over the world. At what point before you wrote your book did you realize this was a problem? that it was it was not just about adventure traveling, that it was more for therapy for you at that point? Um, well, it was kind of a combination. Um, I don't know if there was one pivotal point where I was like, aha, this is me trying to run away or use my, uh, use my travel as a way to escape. It was more so conversations with my sister um, and her. Uh, all right, we got a distraction over here in Israel right now. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to edit this part out. Um, all right. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to remember what I said. Oh, yeah, so it was really just a conversation with my sister who who never really traveled. I was always inviting her to go on vacations with me, and I talk about this in my book over and over. um, I'm literally going to, like, 10, 15 countries a year, and I'm not rich by any means. I just know how to find really good flight deals. And so, like, you know, I'm seeing flights to... Um, Dubai for two hundred dollars, flights to Thailand for one hundred and eighty, like all these amazing prices, and I'm constantly trying to get my sister to come. She's like, no, no, I'm good. And I'm like, what? Who on this earth doesn't want to travel? And she's like, you're always trying to run away. She's like, I'm perfectly okay being here. I love my home. I love my child. I love my family. This is where I want to be. And for me, it was difficult to grasp that she didn't want to travel. But then I'm like, she really enjoys her life to the point she doesn't want a vacation. And we're in this time right now where lots of, especially with millennials, where everybody's stressing and putting, you got to have a passport, you got to travel the world off onto other people. It's great. I love it. And it's something I'm going to continue to do. But I also have to recognize that that's not for everyone, and it's not for me to force anyone to travel. And I think it's beautiful that individuals love their home that much. And there was a point in time where I really looked at those individuals as really lacking. Like there's people in my hometown who have never crossed over to the next city. There's people in Seattle who have never gone to Tacoma, which is about 45 minutes away. Um, and it's like a whole other country, but they're they're so isolated to just the city of Seattle, um, and they're okay with that. And it's not on me to change that. They're not going to come to therapy and have Ashley say, "You need to leave Seattle. You need to explore," because there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it was an eye opener in hearing my sister's testimony and thinking, "I hated being home. I always wanted to leave." And then I had to really assess, okay, why do I not like being home? 
And then when I broke down the things that I, why I didn't like being home, I had to address that and I had to heal from that. And now I love home and I also love traveling. I, right, and I mean, I'm enjoying myself over here in Israel, but I would love to be in my beautiful bed. <laughs> so, I mean, it's comfortable. I love it. I have no issues. So I'm happy when I'm there. I'm not, you know, ready to run off. I'm able to create my schedule and help others heal, and I'm doing the things that I wanted to do. And in the past, when I was always leaving, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was in a job that I didn't really necessarily love. Um, I was surrounded around people who I didn't necessarily like and who probably didn't even like me either. So just really assessing who my circle was, like who who are the last five people you touch? Who are the last five people you talk to? What type of energy are they giving you? Are they negative? Are they just around you for what you can give? Do they uplift you? Um, what type of people are these? So that's when I really began to just look at my circle, look at my own life, and go back to modeling. And modeling is really a therapeutic term where you model the things that you want individuals to do, just like parenting. Um, you do what your child wants them, what you want to see your child do, and not have that um, do as I say, not as I do. No, it's do as I do. And so that's all about modeling. And it's like, okay, I'm teaching my clients all of these skills, so I need to implement them in my own life as well. What do you think your top five favorite therapeutic places of travel would be if you had your top five favorites? Um, top five therapeutic places? Mine are all specific based on the memories that were created in those places. Um, so they're not necessarily going to be like on a list to where you could take my top five and you can get therapeutic um, responses from them. So, for instance, like Fiji. Fiji is definitely a spiritual awakening place for me because I experienced um, something very traumatic right before I went to Fiji. Um, I was actually at a beach in Seattle, and there was a shooting, like, literally right before I got on my flight that I was right in front of. And so having experienced something like that um, and then going to Fiji, I was able to really, like, release and heal and process through all of that because, I mean, that's something I've never experienced. I know there's people who grow up in neighborhoods where there's shootings all the time, but Al-Qaeda is a very present prominent, wealthy community overlooking the city of Seattle. Stuff like this doesn't necessarily happen in Alki, um, but it did happen and it did occur. So me being able to go to Fiji for a couple of weeks after that really allowed me to, like, heal from that so that I wasn't having, like, nightmares and thinking about what I've seen. And I'm an empath, so I think of other people's feelings and when that occurred, it was at a park, so I was really concerned about the children who were there and also seeing what I saw. And I'm like, I'm an adult, so if I'm, you know, having these feelings, I know the babies are feeling, feeling the feelings and also super confused about what just happened um, and all the chaos that pursued after. So Fiji to me was a place where I was able to go and heal. Um, and just it was just me and my boyfriend, and he gave me the time that I needed. And I was able to silence and actually literally, um, you know, just pray and get closer to God and do the things that I needed to do. 
Um, so that was a specific place for me based on what had occurred prior. Um, I also think about Turks and Caicos, where Pam was with me and one of my best friends, Winna, and just the immense fun and laughter and joy that we felt. So could I, uh, I mean, if they weren't there, would Turks and Caicos mean that much to me on a therapeutic level? I don't know. But it was based on the experiences, so I can't tell you, go to Fiji, go to Turks and Caicos, and you're going to feel all these feelings because there's things that were specific to me that occurred in those places. I know everyone likes to run off to Bali and um, get all this healing and prayer because how it's been known. Um, but Bali's not a place that I've been, and there's not specific places that I'll say, hey, you can go there and you can get this healing. It's, you know, what do you need healing from? And with my situation in Fiji, it's not like I specifically said, hey, I see this traumatic event, I'm going to run away to Fiji. My flight literally was booked the next day. And I wasn't going to cancel it because of some stupidity that occurred. Um, there's lots of money involved and it wasn't necessary. So I still went and I enjoyed my trip and, and I got through what I got through. Since, you know, you talk about like the spiritual connection and even though this trip is not about therapy, you know, what has been in being in Israel and Jordan and gosh, we done moved all over the place a little bit in the last three days. What has that done for you? Has that impacted at all how you look at the world or deal with yourself? Um, definitely. Israel, I mean, we've only been here a few days. My journey has been a little bit different. I started out rough just based on the time frame that I got here. And I haven't slept this entire trip. And this is ethical to everything that I stand for. Um, when I when I planned this trip out, I strategically put in rest days, and I haven't been able to get a rest day, and here I am at 1 o'clock in the morning struggling. Um, my body is tired, um, but I don't know when the next time I'm going to be here, so I'm making sure that I'm doing the things that I want to do, and I'm pushing myself, and I know this sounds a lot like the uh, do as I say, not as I do. Here I am, no break, no rest. I'm up at 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm tired. I haven't gotten any sleep because it's loud. Tel Aviv is a very loud city. Um, so I would definitely have to stay in another environment where they have better walls um, and, you know, just have to make sure that's situated. But I've had some very spiritual moments that I'm not ready to discuss right now because this trip just happened. But I've definitely connected with God. And um, I made some posts. If you follow me on Instagram, Therapy with Ash, I talk a little bit about it, but I need to process this between myself and my relationship with God um, before fully having a conversation, especially since 1 o'clock in the morning. But it's definitely, it's been an eye-opener on many levels. I will say that. And if you guys want to learn more um, specifically about this particular trip, since it's happening live and in the flesh, and I like to really, you know, have times to reflect. Like when I'm on the tour bus and I'm writing in my notes and I'm journaling and I'm trying to take that time to meditate and pray. Um, it's been powerful. It's been eye-opening on so many levels. But because it's happening, I, I like to give myself grace to process those feelings before I share them openly. That's part of my mental health. Okay, so before you go, I guess, where can people find you? What do you have coming up where they can, you know, how can people connect with you? Um, so as I mentioned earlier, you can follow me on Instagram at Therapy with Ash. I'm on 
LinkedIn, Ashley McGurk. I'm on Facebook, McGurk Counseling and Services. And those are the only three social media hubs that I have. No Twitter, no Snapchat, nothing else. Um, yeah, so that's how you can find me. And for those in the Seattle area, are you taking clients? Are you not taking clients? What's your status? I'm not taking any clients probably until middle of December, possibly January, because I have to really look at the calendar and see how things play out with the holidays. Um, I really like to look at my clients' needs. It doesn't make sense for me to take a new client if I know um, the holidays are coming up and I'm not going to be able to be available to you. And because I um, only work a few days a week, I don't have, and I'm a, a staff of just one person, just me, I really want to make sure that I'm being mindful of my clients' needs and what it is that I can actually um, give to them. So right now, you know, I'm out of the country, so I haven't been accepting clients in November and most of October. I've only kept my current caseload. Um, but definitely check out my website, check out my site. My schedule is available, so you can always go online and check and see what dates I have available. And I don't think my calendar is open right now until um, middle of December, but you can go online and you can book a session yourself. That and um, really quick, because she's not an everybody type of therapist, Do you? what do you specialize in? Um, I specialize in racial trauma, anxiety, and depression. So really at my core, I'm a trauma-informed therapist, and all of the work that I do centers back around trauma because we've all experienced some form of trauma, whether it's little t trauma or big t trauma. And I allow my clients to define that because um, – you, you know, being stuck in an elevator for five minutes may be extremely big trauma. It's not like you necessarily have to have been sexually assaulted or beat or some of the things that we think of as really big traumas. My clients define it because it's your life and I'm not going to be the person to tell you that wasn't traumatic at all uh, because I'm not in your body and your body really fills um, what you're going through. So I do a lot of work around like somatic experiences, which is healing your body from trauma. Um, it's, I also really focus on minorities with my racial trauma, but I also have like a number of white clients. All ethnicities really can benefit from it, um, but racial trauma is especially insidious for people of color, especially black people who are dying younger and at disproportionate rates from chronic stress-related illnesses. Um, so I really, really like to work with the population to help prolong our life. Um, even looking at my own family, I've had aunts and uncles die extremely prematurely from chronic stress-related illnesses. My grandmother had a stroke. Stroke is related to stress. Um, so lots of these things like high blood pressure, Heart attacks are all stress-related, and people of color are extremely stressed out, especially living in um, a racist society, and we know racism is not going to end tomorrow, so it's finding the skills and tools to help heal and thrive in a world that wasn't built and set up for you. And by no means is this making you accustomed to racism or oppression. Um, sometimes people think that, well, am I just going to, you know, be okay, and then that's how I'm going to heal. No, 
Um, but there's other tools and things that I utilize, but it's never making you adjust to racism because that's not okay, and I don't care if it won't end in our lifetime. Um, we still should never be okay with it, but we have to protect self and protect our bodies because if we look at the history of people of color and our lifespans, it's, de- it's typically decreased like 20 years that of our white counterparts. And even if we look at measuring um, childhood toxic stress, because we can actually measure it, just like we would measure cholesterol levels, or if we would check your thyroid, um, there's actually a test that has been developed where I can ask you a set of questions and determine what your um, risk for health and social problems is based on your childhood experiences. So that seems like, did you grow up in a household with physical or emotional abuse? Were your parents divorced? Was someone in your household incarcerated? I won't go through the entire list, um, but if you have, if you answer yes to six or more, you are at risk for um, chronic stress-related illnesses. And predictors show that individuals with six or more, your lifespan is already cut. So we need to reverse that. We need to specifically work with individuals who have high um, high ACE scores. And you can look more on that. Um, there's actually a phenomenal TED Talk by Nadine Burke, who's been pivotal in the research around adverse childhood experiences. Wow. So thank you very much. Everybody, I'm just, we're just very grateful to get that information. And so thank you, Ashley McGirt. You definitely follow her um, at Therapy with Ash. Um, you'll get lots of insight even on her travel and just everything that she has going on from TED Talks to her worldwide wellness tour that she'll continue with in 2020. Um, with that, Ebony, what's going on with you? What did, what did you get from that? Hey, I got a lot of it. And absolutely, I need a lot of therapy to travel because um, single parent life, raising four children, two girls, two boys, um, I do, I am one, like she said, but I don't express my feelings um, amongst my children. Um, they're just starting to see the very emotional side because I am very covered in my emotions. But um, it's just a lot to think about. It's just a lot to discover. Um, what, do you, what do you feel like was your biggest impact just hearing her speak? My biggest impact is being more open and honest and um more upfront about what's going on with current and being able to communicate it better than I have in the previous years. Like I know I What do you mean? I know that I don't communicate as well. I I know that I hold a whole lot of feelings and and um the way I feel about certain things I rather just eat sometimes than actually um respond to what's actually going on or just cover my emotions. So now I'm working on just being a little bit more open. Yeah. I mean, but so if you say that, then what what steps would you take? Well, for now, um, I, I've, I've been to therapy. I do go see a therapist. Um, I try to have more open conversations. I try to have weekly discussions with the kids just to have an open agenda about things that's going on with them, um, all of us are sitting in the living room and we'll discuss um, any type of emotional ups and downs they like or dislike. Things that's going on in the house 
um, that they have an issue with just trying to have an open panel where they can feel free to express themselves and we can all communicate a little bit better without yelling and screaming and that it's a lot of the anger. Okay. Well, you know, as as someone who avidly travels, I have to say that um, I can't really say that um, none of my travel I've ever used for therapeutic. I think for me, I feel claustrophobic. It's, I don't know if that makes any sense. I love to fly a lot, and I love to just travel. And for me, I think that's my personal time. That's my own personal escape. It's not escaping reality. It's not escaping from a situation. It's just I get to these moments where I feel claustrophobic and I need change. Uh, I, I, I would blame it more on my OCD you know, than, than I would um, just need to escape. I've been very blessed to pretty much always love what I do. Um, so the circumstance behind work, it's like I'm, I'm driven. I mean, you know that about me, that I'm always working. That, And to me, if I don't love what I do, I think the last thing that I want to do is travel. I don't think that is a means of escape for me. Uh, so I process things a little bit differently than most people. And so, you know, it just kind of works in my favor that way. I don't know if that makes sense. Do you, I mean, do you know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? Um, it makes it makes sense to me. Like everybody is different. Everybody, um, however people move, are, are different. Your your train of thought is different from my train of thought, but it doesn't make it the wrong train of thought. It just makes us just different. <laughs> but I understand it. I understand it. And I don't think I travel for therapy. I think I might need to try that though. I think I just travel to just get away and kind of fun. I think there's a difference in just uh, making sure you have a life. I think that's where I feel like my travel is for me. It's my own personal way of disconnecting with the world so that I can give myself some me time which is, you know, most of the time, if I don't travel any other time of the year, I travel at my birthday. I travel every year in November for the most part because I feel like that's my personal time that I've earned. I've given a lot to a lot of other people throughout the year, and the multiple times that I do travel, that's my personal way of just saying I want to do something different. I want to try new a new culture. I want to try new foods. I want to just mentally step away from all of this responsibility that I have, although I don't do that very well because <laughs> here I am. I am recording on the radio. Um, I'm still it's finals for school, so I'm still, you know, grading papers, and I've been doing work, but it's sparingly. And I think the other way that I do self-care for me personally is I'm on a schedule. I schedule a lot of stuff, and I try to hold to that schedule to make sure that none of my commitments fall through and that I am able to give people the time that they need. And I'm, I also am a firm believer in giving more time to um, not just work, to personal life, more so than I do to work life. I do try to find that balance in between, but I find more value in life than I do in, in just work because at the end of the day, if I drop dead, 
I don't want to be that type of person that they remember is she all she did was work. I want people to recognize that I had a very active life. I had an active social life. Yes, I did a lot. I've earned a lot of where I've been at and where I've come from and what I'm doing and will continue to do. But first and foremost is going to be family and friends. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. I said your thoughts? Um, No. I didn't hear the last question. It kind of went out. Oh, no, I was just saying that, you know, your thoughts on, you know, what I said in terms of just making time. I mean, you do yeah, the same I, thing. I, I mean, I you know. Just, I don't make time for myself. I can agree. I do not. You don't. You sure don't. I don't. My time is the children, the job, and if I can throw 45 minutes or, as I favorite phrase, let the wind blow, that's about it. But, no, I don't. That's. 2020, that's what I'm working on. But remember what I've always told you? Don't I always tell you that? I always say you need to make time for you. And the reason why I say that for people who are listening, it's not like she has small kids. So that's why I tell her she needs to be able to step away and allow her kids some level of independence because they are all teenagers um, so that she can get more time for herself. I so so agree. One day I'm going to be so stubborn. One day. I'm you said you're going to be what? I'm working on it. Stop being so stubborn. I'm learning to listen more. I'm learning listen to more listen to who? To take, listen more, take more advice. You're like, in order to better yourself, you have to listen to the good and the bad. No, you know what? The only way to better yourself is to actually do the work to better yourself. I mean, yes, talk. Even you can talk about it all day long, and until you actually decide to make the initiative to make that change, it doesn't change. It actually will stay the same. So it's not about saying, oh, one day I'm going to do it. You have to make the decision to just do it. And and that's kind of how I live my life. And I talk about that in my book about being intentional. It's in the way that you should live, and in order to really be unapologetic and authentic is to live with intent. Intent will allow you to find your purpose. If you are a purpose-driven person, then you, you're living an intentional life. I mean, what's for you is going to be for you, but the only way that you're going to shape that is to be intentional in what you do. I say you, you need to be intentional in how you breathe and how you work out and how much energy you give to people. You have to be intentional. That's yeah, just that my opinion. So that is so I'm true. just saying that's my opinion, and I talk about that. I, I, I lived differently before, you know, I got to this point in my life, living for everybody else and hating what I do and hating being in certain relationships, but did it because I just, I, I, wanted, I, I wanted people to like me because at the time I didn't know where I really fit in, so it was easier having friends. I don't care for them now. I mean, I'm just like, hey. If I have friends, I do. If not, it doesn't really matter. And my, my gift of goodbye is the bomb because <laughs> I don't feel like everything should be for you. And what's not good for you, if you really listen to your gut, you let those things go because you shouldn't live your life that is, that is not intention, intentional for your purpose. And so for you, you know, if you're saying, oh, that's my goal for 2020, what's stopping you right now from making the change that you need to, to take care of yourself? Because you might not be promised 2020 if you still live the way that you live. Yeah, I so agree. I so agree. I'm going to take heed to it. 
I'm going to do it. <laughs> well, so we have about close to, you know, what, 14 minutes left in the show. And so what I, I want to do is, you know, is just talk about what's coming up on Herspiration Happy Hour. Um, so, you know, of course, we, we record the first and third Wednesdays of every month, and we do look for ideas of what our shows can be about. And naturally, with the next show being in December, we're going to definitely have our Christmas show either on the first or the third one. And, you know, Zoe was unable to be on the call tonight, so, you know, for the show, but it's okay. And, you know, she'll be back on the next round, and we'll definitely have something lined up, like I said, either for Christmas or for, you know, especially with the New Year's coming up. There's a lot of holidays right now. I think this is the best time of the freaking year <laughs> to get all the holidays. And, you know, so how can people connect to you, Ebony? How would you like people to connect with you? Hello, Ebony? I'm sorry, my connection was my connection was real, real bad. Um, oh, how can people connect with you? I'm I'm located. Uh, my I have a Facebook, Instagram, both of it is called simply Miss Graham, S I M C L Y Miss Graham. I'm always addicted to happiness and trying to better myself in life. Oh yeah, you you. What is your what is your little hashtag that you do? <laughs> Simply Miss Graham, addicted to happiness, nap game shoddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, your your nap game shoddy. I just can't. What does that even mean? That means that I am old. I ain't that old, but I like taking naps. <laughs> I like getting some rest. That's my. That's a bit of my meditation is just relaxing and winding down. And just that's my me time right there. I may not sleep, but just, just laying there, winding down, letting the candle when the wind blow. That's me. Okay, okay. and we have let the wind blow quite a few times. <laughs> and I'm hanging out. So, you know, for Herspiration Happy Hour, of course, you can find us on, you know, Facebook as well as uh, Instagram at Herspiration Happy Hour. For me, I can be I'm available on Twitter, uh, Facebook, and Instagram at I am D R P G U L. Which good God, I can't even spell my name right now. I am Dr. P. Gurley. <laughs> I A M D R P G U R L E Y. I am Dr. P. Gurley. Um, Facebook, I don't have any more on my personal page. I can't put anybody else on there because I'm near up to 5,000 people, but I do have quite a few followers. So if those followers can just nicely flip to where I actually am online the most, which is my Instagram, especially my stories. My stories have been off the chain lately. Have you noticed? <laughs> yes, yes, you have had, yeah. Yeah, you said when I found Dr. Gurley. I am, I am. I never really liked the whole filming thing and this the whole Instagram story stuff, but, you know, I'm, I'm learning. See, this is where, you know, you have to process different things um, in order to, you know, make change, and we all want to have some change. And so I here again, I said I'm going to be much more intentional about what I do. Um, so that's the only ways you can connect to me. And, you know, of course, I have a book signing on November 30th for my book that just was published on my birthday, which is November 8th, called I Am Not a Stereotype. I am H-E-R, and H-E-R stands for lots of different things. 
um, you can pick the book up at www.iamdrpgurley.com backslash shop. Um, so it's pretty much my Instagram name with a backslash, or I would a dot com and a backslash shop. And the, what is it, the ebook version will be dropping December 1st. But I have a book signing on November 30th, and I have quite a, book, a few book signings that will be coming up for the next few months. You can check out my feature on, in Courageous Woman magazine, and you can also follow Zoe at Zoe Shrugged, because, you know, the other co-hosts were for the Herspiration brand. And with that, I definitely appreciate you coming on, Ebony, and being a guest co-host and a good guest co-host, too. Oh, no problem. Anytime, anytime. Don't forget about unapologetic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How did you forget about the brand, too? I, you know what? Because unapologetic, my brand is connected to my website. It's it's all in the same place you get the book. You can actually pick up merchandise that it is unapologetic by Dr. G. Um, the fall collection is out. You can get hoodies. You can still get T-shirts because I mean, if you're like me and travel to hot places, you can still you know get a T-shirt. And there's various T-shirts that are out there. I'm actually getting ready to drop a new design. Did you notice that on my um, Instagram? Yes, and please let all the audience know that it comes in plus sizes, not just for small girls. <laughs> you know what? I don't discriminate. I think every woman needs love, and every woman should be unapologetic. So, yes, I do offer um, larger sizes. I don't like the word plus size. I feel like that's just no one sits here and says super skinny. That's okay. I'm I'm not running to Brazil or anywhere else to get no surgery. I am happy in the fluff that I'm in. You know, <laughs> well, I'm happy you're happy in the skin that you are in. But, yes, my, you know, all of my merchandise I think goes up to a 3X. Some of my T-shirts will actually go up to a 5X. Um, I've not had to go that high up, but it is available. So, you know, like here again, I don't discriminate. And you can get that, my merchandise, from the same website as you do my book at com backslash shop, and that is, I A M C R P G U R L E Y dot com backslash shop. And so with that, you know, I want to thank, you know, the millennial therapist for getting out of her bed tonight to just, you know, pop on the radio uh, show because, yes, the, the time, the seven hour time difference is a little bit rough, even for me who has had very little sleep and have had five and, well, well, but I had to actually get up at like 2.30 or 2.15 the other night when I was going to Jordan. But, you know, between that and the 6.30 wake-up calls in the morning just to be somewhere or the 5 a.m. wake-up calls. But I'm enjoying Israel, and I will be back in the state on the 26th and ready to sign some books. I guess I'm, and I'm sure them all there. Say what? Can't wait to see all the audience there. Yeah, and you can get tickets on Eventbrite. It will be at Timothy Dean's in Bowie on November 3rd from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Come on, check me out. Um, get the book. It's an amazing book, and I'm not just saying that. I'm, I have people who have got a hold of the sample copy or, you know, helped me during the process of writing a book, which takes a lot and takes a lot of freaking work. Um, but... I think it takes a very strong person to put their life out there like that and their thoughts and their opinions and their perspective out there um, in hopes that it provides some level of inspiration for people. So 
agree. Because, so agree. Yeah, because when you look at where I've been at and what I've come to now, it, it would definitely give a different perspective of not the stereotypical woman. I can't say a stereotypical man or just a person because I'm a woman and that's the voice that I'm giving is that it's based on my personal experience and what I see in the world around me and the things that I feel like we as women need to change about the narrative that's been on us, that's spent on us. So, yeah, so I'm excited about it. And, you know, I've dropped little blurbs here and there of, of, you know, excerpts from the book on my Instagram. So definitely check them out at I am Dr. P. Gurley on Instagram. So with that, I'm definitely going to get ready to go to bed because it's almost 2 a.m. for me. (laughs) And I will see you all on the first the, you know, the first what Wednesday of December because that's when the next show is. Thanks again to, you know, Ashley McGurk, the Millennial Therapist, and Ebony Graham. So definitely check, check both of them out and follow them on Instagram, Facebook. You know, me, I'm on Twitter as well, and then Her Inspiration is on Twitter also. Until the next show. Yes, that's right. Until the next show. Cheers. Go ahead and finish drinking up your your. Cupcake wine. Okay, we'll start on next time. We're going to be shot. Oh, okay, shot. All right, well, then I'll see you on the first first Wednesday of next month then. Uh, all right, get all some right. rest. I am. All right, everybody, goodbye. Cheers. Cheers. We off the patrol. Hey.